three, two, one. Recording in progress. Okay, Shalom Obracha. Nice to be back after, I think it's been six, seven months last time we were here. We are going to go today <coughs> into a follow-up to the last class we gave here on Simcha, based on Likutei Moran, Lesson 24, where Rabbi Nachman, he goes into bypassing other ideas. And we're going to use Rav Nossin's explanation in his Likutei Alachot on an amazing Gemara, Bechorot Daf Chet Amubet, of the story of the wise men of Athens. This story is basically untouched by the world. The only book that was out was like 25, 30 years ago. Feldheim put out The Juggler and the King on the Vilna Gaon's insights on the Agadatas and on the story. But Rav Nossin's Chidushim are basically untouched. So we're going to go first a little into Rav Nossin's explanation, connected to Likutei Moran, Lesson 24, as a follow-up in Simcha, in doing Mitzvah de Simcha. And at the end of the class, we have a nice surprise, and that is, we're going to introduce something called the 40-day challenge. Something brand new, which you probably never heard of before. I don't think it's ever been done in even Bristol before. Just before we go on, I say I lost the connection here. Not good. Second. Recording in progress. Thank you. <laughs> second. Okay, good, we're on. So the Gemara is like this. It's an amazing Gemara. starts like this. Rabbi Shuben Hananya, who by the way, the Arizal says he's buried in Tzfat. If you remember how Tzfat looks like, you have the Arizal's kever on top and the Mikveh Ari, and below there's a kever that says Hoshea ben Beri. If Chaim Vital writes, that's wrong. It's not Hoshea ben Beri, it's Rabbi Shuben Hananya. He was called the wise man of the Jews, Hakima Diudae. He was the one who was sent always by the Jewish community in Eretz Israel to Rome in order to do Pidyon Shvuyim, to speak on behalf of the Jewish people, the, 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 the emperor of Rome really liked, he found favor in his eyes, Rabbi Shobin Hanania. Because of that, he would also speak to him about various ideas. So the emperor asked Rabbi Shobin Hanania, how long is the gestation, the pregnancy period of a snake? Rabbi Shobin Hanania said, seven years. He said, it can't be. The wise men of Athens said, and they're big, big shot people, they said it's only three years. He says it's not so. The, the, the snake was already pregnant beforehand four years. The emperor says, but we see that the snake continues to mate even after getting pregnant. And like Rashi says, the rule that a, a, an animal, chayot and behemot, once they're pregnant, they don't 
that they don't, they don't have relations anymore. So Rabbi Shubhan said, in this the snakes are like human beings. So the emperor says, but these are very wise people. They're smart, they're very, very, very sharp people. Rabbi Shua said, and I'm smarter than them. I'm much more wiser than them. She so said, prove it, prove it to me. Prove it to me. Bring them here to me. Show me your greatness. He asked, how many are they? And he said, there are 60 of them. So Rabbi Shubhan Khananya thought, he says, okay, prepare for me a ship, a boat, with 60 rooms, and each room should have 60 chairs. He said, okay, he prepared with the ship. He set sail to Athens, which is in Greek, Greece, not far from Rome, okay? <clears throat> and uh, he arrived there to Athens. He's looking where to go, because he's asking people, where is the college, the academy of the wise men of Athens? No one knows. No one, no one wants to tell him, they're scared. So he goes to the butcher, the local butcher, and he says to the butcher, how much does it cost for your head? Which means uh, to buy a head of an animal. And he said, half a zoos. So the Rabbi says, okay, so give me your head. So he cuts him, he puts the money on the table already to show that it's like a Kenyan. And the butcher puts the head of an animal on the table. <clears throat> so Rabbi Hanani said, I didn't ask for the animal's head, I said, I'm your head. <laughs> so give me, I said, I, the wording, the, I asked for your head. And he saw that he's stuck. He said, I want your head, I paid for you, I put the money down, you took it. So he said, yeah, listen, you want to get out of this? Yes, I want to get out of this, you want my head? He said, I want you to lead me to the entrance to the academy of the wise men of Athens. He said, no, 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 don't ask this of me. This is dangerous. If they find out that I led you to them, they'll kill me. He said, I have an idea. I have a plan. I have a plan. I want you to take a bundle of reeds and put it on your shoulder and walk in front of me and to pretend as if you know you're walking and carrying and when you reach the entrance, in front of the entrance of the academy, pretend you're resting, put down the bundle of reeds, okay? And that way I will know, I'll be following you from behind. I will know that this is, this is, a, this is the entrance. He said, okay. So he did that. The man, the butcher walked with the bundle of reeds on his shoulder and he like pretended to take a break and he continued. Rabbi Shubhan saw the entrance and he walked, to, he came to the entrance of the, of the academy. What does he see? He sees guards on the outside of the threshold and guards on the other side. So he saw it was a trap. Why are the guards here and guards over there? The guards on both sides is to kill anyone who enters or anyone who leaves. All right, someone who tries to enter, so the guards on the outside will try, will not, will, will, will kill, sorry, the guards on the inside will kill them. Anyone who tries to leave, the guards on the outside will kill them. And what do they do? To, there's some here, spam here. I just have to take this off, one second. Not good. Okay, I have to find this afterwards. What he, they put bran, subin, on the threshold. Why subin? Because the footprints are very noticeable when walking over the, over the, over, over the bran. So what did he do with Shubham He reversed his sandals, his shoes, and walked backwards 
but up to the edge of the threshold. The, the guards had a rule, instructions. They can only kill somebody who walks completely over the threshold on either direction. It, they saw him walking in, and they told him, don't come in, don't come in, but he's, he's not listening to them, number one. And he, he only walks up to the edge of the threshold, and then he walked backwards. So his shoes are on backwards, okay? He goes up to the edge, and then he followed back, and he wanted to see what happened. And the, the guards were on patrol by the wise men of Athens to see if they're doing their job. They would see the footprints in the brand. If they see footprints going in and going out, they know who to kill. So he switched his sandals backwards, and he reached the threshold, and then he, he didn't cross it, he went back. The, the wise men of Athens came, they saw footpart, footprints of someone leaving, right? So they killed the guards on the inside, okay? And then he put his sandals normally, and he walked again up to the threshold, and then walked back, and waited to see what happened. They came, they killed other guards. So in the meantime, the entrance was left with no guards. He walked right in, okay? He gets in, he sees the wise men of Athens, 60 of them, okay? And they're designed in a way that there's a, a higher stage, a higher level, and the lower one. The elders were on the bottom level, and the younger elders were on top. It was a trick. Why? The, if he says greetings to the older sages of the wise men of Athens, the ones in tops will say, but we're on the top. We're more respectable. You disgrace our honor, you should be killed. Okay? And then if it's the opposite, if he now says greetings to the ones on top, the elders say, but we're more important because we're the older ones. So what did he say? The Gemara says, Shalom Aleichu. He said, Shalom to all of you. He said, who are you and what do you want? He says, I'm Rabbi Shua ben Hananya. I'm from the wise of the Jewish people. He said, and I've come to learn from you. He said, that's the case. So we have a few questions to ask you, the wise men of the Jewish people. He said, very well. Challenge me. If you win, he said to the wise men of Athens, you can do with me as you wish. But if I win, I ask that you all come and eat bread with me on my ship, on my boat. To break bread with me on my ship. He said, very well. There's about 12 challenges, and he knocked them all off. Rabbi Nachman Likutimran, from lesson 23 to 31, he bases each lesson on one of the arguments between Rabbi Shubin Hananya and the Savit Vyatu and the wise men of Athens. The one we're going to go into today is the following. It's found in lesson 24. It says like this. They asked him, Emtza de Alma Hecha. Where is the center of the universe? They asked him. So Rabbi Shubin Hananya raised his finger, Zakfa Etzba'ata. He raised his finger and he said, Here, Hacha, right over here. They said, Mi Emar. Who says? Who says it's the center of the universe? He said to them, Aitu, Ashle, Umoshchu. Come, bring a measuring tape, and measure, you'll see. Okay? We're going to go into that eventually. He won them, and all the challenges, this is like an example. There's other examples, very, very, they brought him two, two, uh, two pieces of cheese. He said, can, can you tell us which comes from a black goat, and which cheese comes from the white goat? So he brought them two eggs. He says, first you tell me which came from the white chicken and which came from the dark chicken. Okay? It's very, very intriguing. Very weird. Okay? The Maharsha, this is one of the one places in the, in the Gemara, the Maharsha says that the deepest secrets of the, of the, of the Torah are in the Agadatas of the Shas. And I think in this Gemara, he goes out of his way to, to reiterate that point. That in the Agadatas, you have, you have the deepest secrets. Okay? So Bikitsur, he won the battle. And he brings them to his ship. So before he leads them onto the boat, he had a bag with him, a sack. 
and he filled up earth from Athens into the sack. Okay? They got on the ship, he leads them on one at a time. He takes the first one, okay, and he brings him into one, the first room. He says, sit down here. What does he see, the, the wise man of Athens? He sees 59 empty chairs. So what does he think? Oh, my friends, my comrades are coming very soon, okay? He takes the second one, he puts him in the second room, and he sees again 59 chairs, so he thinks, oh, they're coming to this room. This way, he plays a game on them, he puts one in each of the 60 rooms, and gets them bored and waiting and waiting, and they become a bit submitted and yawning and tired, okay? So then he tells the ship, the, ship, the, the captain of the ship, okay, go, let's go to, let's go to Rome. While traveling on the ocean from Athens to Rome, they passed by what's called the Bay Blue in Aramaic. What's a Bay Blue An eddy. An eddy in English is like a tornado in the sea, swallowing up everything. The ship passed the edge of the eddy. Rabbi Shubhan saw over the eddy, the tornado, an image, three images. Someone with his hands on his head, someone with the hands on the heart, and someone with the hands behind the back. As he saw that, he took a jug, he went on the side of the ship while it's passing the tornado. All this is the Gemara, but it's in the Gemara, okay? And he, 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 he levered himself into the sea and he took, he filled up water specifically from the eddy, from the tornado in the water, in the sea. He took from that water in the jug. So you have this special type of water in the jug. He went back up on the, on the ship, brought them to Rome. And by this time, you know, they were tired and they're not themselves. They were very submitted. And he brought them in front of the emperor and he says, here they are. Here are the 60 wise men of Athens. He says, this is them. They were normally Balgaivaniks, you know, very haughty, very aristocratic. He doesn't look, who are these people? He probably took people from the Ashuk. He said, wait, he had the bag of the earth from Athens. He took from the earth and he sprinkled it on their nose, on their faces. So they smelled the scent of their homeland and they woke up again being the Balgaivaniks that they were and the aristocratic people that they were, okay? So the, the, the emperor says, ah, yes, <laughs> these are the wise men of Athens. So now I ask you, kill them. Do away with them. So Rabbi said very well. He brought a cistern, okay, a cistern for water, he, an urn. He took the water from, that he had in the jug from the Bay Blue, and he poured it into the, into the cistern. And he told the wise men of Athens, your job, fill this cistern up this, this urn with water and you're free to go. So they brought buckets of water to fill in the urn. But whenever they put in water, the original water from the jug, which came from the eddy, was swallowing up all the water. So he's putting in more water and it just swallowed up. They couldn't figure this out. This is so irrational. Does it make sense? And they couldn't accept it. This doesn't make sense. And they kept on filling up water and, filling, and they, they just, they couldn't accept it. They kept on filling it up and filling it up and filling it up until they all passed out and they all died. Okay? This is the story in the Gemara. We're going to go in a few insights from Rav Nossin. Rav Nossin goes in this idea of Rabbi Shobin Hananya switching the sandals. What's the idea of a sandal? The sandal is the idea that it says about Moshe Rabbeinu when he went up to the snare, right? It says there, Shal na'alecha me'al raglecha. Right, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, you're, you're standing on holy, holy, ter, holy soil, holy, ter, holy, holy land, you have to take off your shoes. The Zohar says, what does it mean, take off your shoes? The Zohar says two words, da iteta. This refers to the desire 
for the woman. In other words, the, the, the tavan. You have to be totally clean to be standing here right now. So Rav Nosen shows the idea of a shoe, a sandal, is the idea of Kedushat Habrit. So he says something phenomenal about, about Rav Shiva Hananya, who is a prime example of a tzaddik gamur. Proof is how the Gemara put such emphasis on what he did. Okay? He says like this. It's also based on the Gemara and Brachot. That when it's, there's a difference between a tzaddik and a tzaddik gamur. What's the difference? A tzaddik still has fear of averot shebeyado. He still has a fear of sins that he, he may have done tshuva for, but he still has a pachad because of the averot. Okay, tzaddik gamur doesn't have that. When Rishubar Hananya, when he saw the guards in front of him, when he approached the college, the academy of the wise men of Athens, and he saw guards, and he has to pass them, and they're an enemy, and he can't just go in like that. So the tzaddik says, how do I subdue my enemies? I have to work more in myself becoming a tzaddik gamur. Because if I'm afraid, and I have a challenge, it's because I'm not yet at the level. Something phenomenal Rav Nosen says, how does a tzaddik subdue his enemies? By working more on himself. By the tzaddik more enhancing his kedusha, the enemies fall levad. Automatically they fall. It doesn't touch them even. It doesn't, even, it doesn't have to give a boxing match, nothing. The enemies of a tzaddik fall by themselves. You just stand there and you just d- d- disappear. Right? Dissip- dissipated just on the, on the spot. So Rishim Hananya switched his sandals, meaning what? Ah, if I'm having this test of guards, of an enemy kind, like not letting me to advance, that's a siman that I'm not yet 100% holy like I should be. So what did he do? Switching the sandals means he worked on himself. Rabbi Nachman Rabbeinu brings in the book Chaim Mora and Tzaddik that you have Tzaddikim that are compared to leather which is tanned. Tanned leather, worked leather. However, you have le- leather like you buy a brand new wallet. Ah, you can smell the fresh leather. You have these nice British uh, wallets, right? Leather, pure leather <laughs> wallets. And you smell the leather. He says, Rabbi Nachman, if you work at, at, work more at the leather, if you keep on working at it, to work at it, you can reach a point where there's no more smell. You work at it more, there's less of a scent of the leather. A less and less, until you can reach a point where there's no scent of leather left on, on, the, wall, on, on the leather or, 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 or garment, okay? So he says, Rabbi Nachman, that some tzaddikim, they're compared to leather which still has the smell of the leather. It's work. They worked on themselves, the tzaddikim. They worked on their skin, not their or, okay? But they're not yet fully there. They still have a scent of the gashmiut, of the physicality. However, he says, they're tzaddikim, they worked on themselves at such a caliber, such a level, that there's no more scent of the leather anymore. They worked on their or, on their, their goof, their body, with such, such determination and such koach, there's no bad smell of scent left anymore. So Rav Nosen says the switching of the sandals of Rav Shemir Hananya is the idea how the tzaddik, in this case Rav Shemir Hananya, he saw the enemies in front of him, so what he has to do is to work on himself more. So the first switching of the sandals killed all those guards on the inside. And then he switched again, meaning he worked more on his midot, thus, again, switching again the, 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 the sandals and working on himself more until the other guards outside were killed, and there's no more enemies, he can just walk right in. Rav Nosen illustrates this point, he, he focuses on this point to show you what a tzaddik is. A tzaddik is someone who's not afraid. A tzaddik gamur is someone who's not afraid of any challenge in life, okay? He's not afraid, what if this, what if that? He goes forward, the enemies fall in front of him. 
if now a person has doubts and said because of he has still sins in his hands which causes him to maybe I should like this maybe I should go like that a tzaddik Amor just walks ahead and things just like open up open up like great I'm soup in front of him okay to extend this now the challenge that we mentioned what was the challenge they asked him where is the center of the universe he raised his finger and said right over here right Hacha. He said over here. They said to him, Mi'emar, who says? Who says you're right? He said, come and measure. Bring a measuring tape and you'll see. Rabbi Nachman opens up this argument as follows. They asked him, de'alma. Where's the center of the universe? Meaning, what is the center of the universe? It's the Oren Sof, the infinite light. The infinite light is where everybody receives chayut from. Chayut and Shefa, life and nourishment come from the Or Sof. On a more down-to-earth level explanation, it's like this. Any time in life, you have a goal. You have a determination to do something with yourself. Even if it's a physical concept, to open a business and do this and that. Or if it's in Yiddishkeit, I want to advance, I want to finish us, I want to work on my eyes, I want to, I want, I want to advance higher and higher and go forward. Any any aspiration that you have that's positive that brings you light in your life meaning it brings you joy because you're because if you, if you weren't happy you wouldn't do it the person who's depressed is said forget it i go to bed doesn't do anything person has aspiration he has light and by extension he has simcha everything that happens in this world that gives a person that push come on you can do it, everything it comes from the insof it's light emanating from the insof we see this in the gematria of or or is Gematcha, Aleph 1, Vav 6, Reish 200, 207. Ain Sof, also 1, 10, 50, 60, and, and 6, and 80, is also 207. Or by definition, is Ain Sof. Any light that a person has in their, in, their, in their existence, anyone, it's coming from the Ain Sof. They asked him, how does a person, where is it? How do I get to it? How do I grab it? How do I make it tangible, the Ein Sof itself? Said I'm receiving along my journey in life uh, shoots of light coming from the Ein Sof. But how do I connect to it itself directly? He raised his finger. Rabbi Shobin Khan raised his finger and he hinted to the concept of the hands. Hacha. Rabbi Nachman explains the concept of the hands brings a person to the Ein Sof. And what is the concept of the hands? He says the hands is the idea of bracha, like it says by Aharon, Parshat Shmini, Vaisa Aharon et Yadav, Vaivarechem. And Aharon raised his hands and he gave a bracha. We learn from a Brikat Kohanim. If a Kohen doesn't raise his hands, there's no Brikat Kohanim. He has to raise his hands, they don't do Brikat. Kohen who doesn't have arms, he can't, he's, it's, it's a mum, he's pasul, right? That's why he needs to stand up, it's another thing. But the idea of sticking out the hands, that's a bracha, right? Also by Yaakov Avinu with Ephraim and Menashe, Sikel et Yadav, he gave them a bracha. Fine, but he gave them a bracha of the hands, okay? Parents, Friday night, Yivarechecha, okay? The idea of bracha is associated with the hands. Why? The Zohar goes into this very heavy. The ten fingers of a human being correspond to the ten spherot. And the, the shape of the fingers are like tzinorot, pipelines. Because the way of the fingers is to draw down bracha. Because that the Zohar says something very scary, a person should never raise their hands, wreck, empty. Meaning what? We're not talking about 
a person now, um, you know, who's busy exercising or doing something that you need to do with your hands. A person just like that raises their hands with no tefillah or prayer associated, okay, it's dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because as soon as a Jew elevates his hands, he's activating the channel of the 10 spherot, okay? That means now they're, they're coming down, they're, the energy, Shefa's coming down. If now there's no bracha or prayer associated with it, it goes to the other side. Where do we see that? On the other side of the fingers, we have the nails. Nails is the biggest tumor. We do in the morning, every morning, Negelwasser. Negelwasser, because the biggest tumor on the body that stays is on the nails. And they're, they're where, where they're located? On the hand, on the other side of the hand. When a person now elevates his hands and doesn't do it to channel down bracha through davening, it's like wreck. So the sitracha, the evil takes it. That's why the Ramak, he brings a big, big warning. Never raise your hands empty. Raise your hands, help me to be a good Jew. Do a prayer with it, and that activates the channel. It's a big thing. It's funny, in the rest of the, they talk about this. The idea of clapping the hands is one inyan, clapping hands in davening. And the other inyan to also raise your hands. I don't know what to do. When you really need, you raise your hands, and you deal with, accompanied with davening, okay? So now, the hands are the source of bracha. And what's the main bracha? The Zohar says, what's the main bracha? The main bracha is sechel, is dat. The Gemara and the Darin, also Pirkevot, if you remember. Dat kanita machasarta. Dat chasarta makanita. If you have dat, you have everything. And if you don't have dat, then what do you have? You have nothing. Dat is the key. I have all these things in my life, but there's no dat, it's empty. The Zohar says, this is what bracha really is. Baruch, the Zohar stands for, is bet resh. Vavchav, Bet is Birchot or Brachot Kol, the, sorry, sorry, Brachot Rosh, Birchot Rosh, the blessings of the mind, the head, intellect, Umekor Kol, and the root of everything, okay, the root of everything, Umekor Kol, meaning that when you have the Brachot of the Rosh, the intellect, there's everything in it automatically. So the main Bracha is intellect, and it's connected with the hands. Rabbi Shoben Hananya raised his finger just to say, you want to connect to the Ein Sof? You need the concept of the hands which bring the bracha of the Da'at. That way when a person now has this Da'at, he has the facility and the faculty and the ability to connect to the Ein Sof. Now that's his stepping stone. They said to him, Mi Yemar. Who says? Rabbi Nachman says the word Yemar is also similar to an exchange, right? Like Parashat Bechukotai, Ve'im Hamer Yemirenu. Right, when you want to change money in Israel, what's called Hamarat Matbea, Hamara, exchange. Mi Yemar, they're saying to him, who has the chutzpah, the audacity, to enter the domain of the exchange chambers, Yemar's Tmura. What is the exchange chambers? This is something pretty scary. The Sitra Achra is called the exchange chambers, Echalat Murot. Their domain is the exchange chambers. Meaning what? The way the Yetzirah is able to get a person to fall is by fooling them. By switching good with bad, pure with impure, holy with unholy, truth with sheker. That's the only way the Yetzirah can get a person. Rabbi Nachman says that the Yetzirah doesn't come like dressed up as Esau and all the nose rings and everything and I'm going to kill you. The Yetzirah comes with a big strimal, big horse of pace and a gishmaltz again, a nice beard, and he comes from the Kedusha to bring you down. That's why it's so dangerous. The Jews, you have no idea 
where you're holding and what you're doing if it's from the side of the Kedusha or the side of the Tumah. Okay, there's many stories to go with that. We don't, we don't have that much time. We have to, to, to get on, on base. The Yetzirah does everything to get a person down. He switches and switches and turns everything. It's danger zone. It's danger zone. But he, they're, they're saying to him, Miyemar, to get to the Brachot, Rabbi Nachman explains, you need to first go into the exchanged chambers, the Hechalat Morot, and elevate the Kedusha trapped there. And the only way to elevate it is through Simcha. But, but that's the way, they said. Who has the audacity to go there and to elevate it, to bring back the holiness outside? Because that's the prerequisite, and you're in danger. Okay? And the biggest danger of the Hechalat Murot, the exchange chambers, is Atzvut. Because if you look at it, if you look at it, how the Yetzirah makes a person go crazy in life and suffer and everything, what is the goal of everything that's happening to bring a person down? Is to bring them down, to bring them sad. When you think about it, whatever a person is going through, I have this, this, this happening, that, the goal is to make a person not happy to make them down. That's what's happening. That's what's actually happening. The goal of the Yetzirah is to attack a person's simcha, to show you where the simcha is standing, okay? Remember this, Parashat Kitavo, all the klalot, the 98 klalot in Kitavo, Tachat Asher, Lo Avadetem et Hashem Elokechem, Besimcha, okay? All this comes to you because you didn't serve Hashem, Besimcha. The Pasuk doesn't say, all this comes to you because you didn't serve Hashem, period, no. We're not, <laughs> it didn't say all this is coming to you because you didn't serve Hashem. No! The Pasuk says all this is coming to you because you didn't serve Hashem. Besimcha. Enjoy. To show you that this is the cup. The cup of everything else. And that's what the Yetzirah is after. When you, want, you have to know something. Like the famous story told about the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. Remember the Baal Shem Tov in Istanbul. And the, the, the story told on the, the last night of the last day of Pesach. And he promised a couple who were barren. They couldn't have kids. They came from Germany. A rich couple from Deutschland wouldn't have kids for many years. The doctors say you will never have kids, etc., etc. Okay? So the Baal Shem Tov promised them that they have a, ch- ch- a child, a Ben Zachar. And then there was a big deen and Beit Din Shalman and Baal Shem Tov who are you to now change all of nature. Okay? To change all of nature now. He's born barren. She's born barren. And I have to change the whole ma'arechet, the whole structure of the Gilgulim and everything that Hashem has in his plans. You have to change everything because the Baal Shem Tov wishes. So there was such a kichug against the Baal Shem Tov that they were paskin because of the, the kichug that he loses the Olam Abba, right? So the Yetzar was happy. He got the Baal Shem Tov down. And the Baal Shem Tov got out of it. He says, great. No Olam Abba? Great. Now I can serve Hashem. L'shem Shemaim. No Olam Abba. Everything's Hashem Shemaim now. And the story ends. That's how we tell the story on the, the last day of Shio Pesach, the Achor Pesach, that the Yetzirah, the Kichug, saw how happy the Baal Shem Tov was, giving back his Olam Abba, giving back to him. He, showing what? That they're after the Simcha. The Yetzirah is after one thing, is that a person's morale down, period. Okay? So again, they're asking, Mi Emar, they, the wise men of Athens, who are the representatives of the Hechalat Murad exchange chambers, they said to him, who has the chutzpah, the audacity, the courage to go to the exchange chambers? So he answered them, I too, Ashle Umoshchu, which is the simple translation we said is bring a, a measurement stick, a measurement cord, okay, and measure. Rabbi Nachman reads it like this, I too, you will bring 
Ashle. Ashle translates as a cord. Chevel. Chevel is a hint to Am Yisrael. We're called Chevel Nachalato. We are the cord of the triple folded cord of Av Hashem because we are made from a strong foundation of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So we're a triple cord that can't be broken. We're strong, okay? You, the, you, the Sitra the wise men of Athens, are going to bring us, I, I, I to Ashley, Umoshu. The word Moshu means to, to measure. It's similar to what it says in Shmuel Aleph about David Amelech when he killed Moab. So it says he measured them, he laid them on the ground, and he measured whoever passed a certain point, he killed them. He measured like a small measurement, and any part of the body that was after that, like metric measurement, he killed them. He cut it off, okay? So Moshu, Rabbi Nachman points as a, as, a, as a reference to killing off, wiping off the klipot. So he's saying, you will, in future time, bring us back and be destroyed. And in the future, that's going to be the ultimate simcha, right? Ki besimcha tetzeu, on Yeshayahu, is the prophecy of the future. That when Mashiach comes, there's going to be major, major simcha, right? All the psukim, all the psukim to talk about the future joy that's going to be. Rav Nosen asks, Rabbi Nachman didn't answer the question. Well, he didn't answer the question. They asked him, Mi Emar, who has the chutzpah that said the courage to go to the Hechalat Morot, and he answered, Don't worry, in time to come in the future, you guys are going to bring us out, and the simcha is going to be so strong. First of all, what's the answer here? He says, the simcha is how to get out of the Hechalat Morot. Because Hechalat Morot, the, the Sitra their hold on a person is atzvut. So what's the key to get out? Is simcha. But specifically doing a mitzvah with simcha, okay? An amazing insight quickly from the Rabbeinu Bachye. Rabbeinu Bachye, Parashat Naso, he learns out from where it talks about the avodah of the Leviim, there's what's called avodat masa, and there's a pasuk, you remember Parashat Naso? Avodat avodah. There's work for another work. What's avodah avodah? That the work of the korbanot had on them another work, which was the service of the singing of the Leviim on the, on the Duchan when the Korbanot is being offered by the Kohanim. So from the Rabbeinu Bachay, there's a long arichut there in Parshat Naso, he shows that this applies to every mitzvah, that the simcha generated by the Duchan, the Leviim and the Duchan, accompanying the Korbanot, and it's called an Avodah, Avodah is a mitzvah. It calls the avodah of the Kohanim avodah, a mitzvah, the korbanot, and the avodah of the avodah is the singing and the simcha of the Leviim. So there's an opening to understand, Rabbeinu Bachay shows, this applies to every mitzvah. Whenever you do a mitzvah, for example, you do a mitzvah of tefillin, you get a mitzvah for doing tefillin, for doing mitzvah of tefillin. You do tefillin b'simcha, so you get one mitzvah for the tefillin, and one mitzvah for the simcha of doing the tefillin b'simcha, okay? Yom Kippur, Shabbos, Sukkot, everything, tznaka, Talmud Torah, you do something with a gishmak and a simcha, you get a mitzvah for that also, okay? So, how to get out of the sitra'cha? Ki besimcha tetzehu is not just the, the pasuk of the future prophecy, but whenever you're stuck in the hechalat mord exchange chambers, the way to get out is through simcha, okay? So now, the question. Rabbi Nachman, you didn't answer the question. What do you... What, what, how does Rishim Khan say, in time to come, you will bring us out, and that's what will be an ultimate simcha, but how about now? They asked him, who, who has the audacity, the, the courage, to go into the Echalat Mord now and come out now? So from here he says something phenomenal. You need to borrow simcha from the future. You need to borrow simcha from the future. It's a concept, it's in the Zohar, 
that whenever Hashem sends a salvation to a person today, person Hashem is diagnosed with cancer or this or that, and they have they need a major Yeshua, and the Yeshua does happen. When we hear these amazing stories, unbelievable, he got through it. This happened, that the Yeshua, the Zohar says, comes from the future, the redemption. The future redemption is so complete that it shines from the future to today. So if Nosin once told somebody, it was a breast of her who was having a very hard life, hard day, and he said, I can't, can't daven in the morning, I can't serve Hashem b'simcha, I can't, I can't be b'simcha, you tell me to be b'simcha, I can't. So if Nosin told him, borrow the simcha, borrow the simcha from the future. This is an amazing eitzah, that in my present situation, I can't figure out how to be happy, I can't figure out how to connect, so what do I have to do? And I can't, can't find, if I, the more I think about the situation, the more I get into trauma, and I get stressed and distressed, and I start going crazy, the more I think about, oh my God, what am I gonna do, what about my kids, and this and that. When a person starts thinking about the problem, he just gets sucked in, it just sucks him in. So you can't think about it, because they'll go nuts. So what's needed? He has to look elsewhere, not to run away from the problem, but to look elsewhere to get energy of simcha, so now with the simcha that he got from another level, another place, he faces the daily challenges, the daily grinds, but he has the simcha that he took from another place to be able to do with the daily, the daily challenges and situations that he's going through in life. So this, Rav Nosset explained, this is the Rebbe's answer. That you borrow the simcha from the future. Okay. But there was an amazing point in this analogy in that Rabbi Shua ben Hananiah, there's another point here, Rabbi Shua ben Hananiah, he raised his finger he, based on this whole explanation, when they asked, how does a person connect to the Ein Sof, the infinite light, which is the source of all the bracha and the chayut and shefa and everything, Rabbi Shua bin Hanani could have just said, through the concept of hands. Why does the Gemara say, he lift up his finger, zakfa etzba'ata? Why does the Gemara say he lift up his finger? Another point. Here we go. Rabbi Shua bin we saw already, is a tzaddik gamur. He switched the sandals. He was able to get in. He was able to subdue all the wise men of Athens on his own. Okay? He's an example of a tzaddik. The tzaddik is someone who has this access to the hands and to the future simcha. Meaning what? What does that mean for me? That for me also now, me, little me, with my daily challenges, and I struggle to borrow simcha from the future, I'm going to need a tzaddik in my life to shine me this light. Okay, for example, we have a class now, we're learning these ideas, very interesting, very sikhli, very intellectual, we're learning now. How do we become Mekayim Zayim? How do I come to do this? For this, a person needs a tzaddik in his life. That's why it's not enough. A person can't just say, I'm an art school Jew, I have my Seder and Dafyomi in my art school in the morning, I have my art school Chumash, I have my, my code of Jewish law, my art school, my art school Seder, and I have my Shuray Davin, and that's my life. And the rabbi gives a Dafyomi Shuray, that's it. Do you have a tzaddik in your life? Do you have someone who's able to shine you the light that you need for your daily challenges? That's what you need. You can learn all these ideas of Simcha and everything, but then when you go to face the challenges, you feel the Tisha of darkness just getting at you, how you be b'simcha. So here, that Rosh Hashanah raised his finger, and he said, here, hacha, here's the sand of the universe. Through my hands, he's saying about it, he's showing his hands. Through my fingers, my hands, I'm able to activate the Orient Sof, to shine Shefa and light and salvation. That's what he was telling them. For us, what does this mean? That we need a tzaddik. We need a tzaddik to shine this light into us. Okay. Based on all this, okay, 
everything here we gave right now in this past 45 minutes is based on the Kutay Moran lesson 24. We have today, I think it's the first time this is ever being done, to present to you what's called the 40 day challenge. To explain like this. Rabbi Nachman's teachings in the Kutay Moran are very unique. Okay, this applies to all the Torah, but it's especially unique about the Torah Rabbi Nachman. In that, as you learn it, as you learn the teachings of Rabbi Nachman, you begin to activate them. It's something phenomenal. It's something which can only be experienced by someone who's tasted this. When you learn Rabbi Nachman's teaching in the Kutay Moran, all of a sudden, things in life begin to happen and you see the connection between what you just learned now. You're learning them in a safer fine, but it opens it up. This is true about the whole Torah. For example, Tzadikim, when they learn a Daf Gemara, when they learn a Halakha, when they learn a Midrash, they're able to see how what they're going through in life is connected to that Gemara, to that Midrash, to that Chazal. We don't have those eyes. The Pasuk says, if you remember, tell them, Enei Hashem El Tzadikim. Right? The Pshat is, what's Enei Hashem El Tzadikim? Hashem's eyes are onto the Tzadikim. Rabbi Nachman interprets it like this. Enei Hashem El Tzadikim. The X-ray eyes of Hashem, Hashem's X-ray eyes, are to the Tzadikim. The Tzadikim have Hashem's eyes. When the tzaddikim see the Torah, it's all open in front of them. <laughs> Everything's open, okay? But how about us? So this is the idea of what chassidut is. The, te- the learnings of chassidut, in particular, Rabbi Nachman's teachings, is that they take everything that's out there and bring it to you. They bring the light of the Torah to you, so that now your eyes are opened and you see things happening. But that's not enough. Whoopie do. Okay, very nice. Shkoyach. But I need help. I need a Yeshua. You, you show now the, 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 the Kutayman opens up things happening in life. But I need to direct it to where I need help. It's like, for example, a person now is very sick and needs to buy a specific medication. costs him $500 to buy this medication. Okay. So, he finally buys the medication. It's a type of a cream. What is it help that he has the cream if he doesn't apply? He has a wound on his, right arm, on his left arm. He has a wound here. He bought this expensive cream, but you have to apply it on the wound. So uh, the idea of now getting a hold of the medication is what's activated by the Torahs and the Kutimaram. The next stage is davening about it. It's a concept called La'asot Mitorot Tfilot. Rabbi Nachman had a disciple, Rav Nosen, and he guided him. He showed him this concept of turning his lessons into prayers is something phenomenal. That Sha'ashuim lo'alu me'olam kacha that Hashem never received the light like this concept of turning Torah lessons into prayers. We have, in Judaism, two svarim, specific svarim, that have prayers written on them. We have the Chumash, the Chamisha, Chumshei Torah. On them, the Gemara says, we have the five books of Tehillim. Why did David Melech write five svarim in Tehillim? They're on the Chamisha, Chumshei Torah. They're not just corresponding to them, they're the davenings of David HaMelech and all the ten tzaddikim who wrote with him Tehillim to fulfill what's written in Bereshit, Shmot, Vayikra, Bamidbar, Dvarim. To fulfill it, that's the davening in Tehillim. Another sefer we have that has prayers on it is Rabbi Nachman's Likutei Moran. Rav Nosen wrote prayers on the lessons of the Likutei Moran. What's amazing about these prayers is that he opens you up on the spot. Just to know that you, <laughs> you have to experience it to, 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 to relate to this that these prayers, as soon as you read them with sincerity and honesty, you feel he's speaking directly to you. When you say Tehillim, okay? And David HaMelech is saying, Shamanafshi, Hatzileni, all these terms, you have to give yourself a little bit of zetz 
to connect yourself to the words of the Torah. You have to double, you have to say with kavana to focus on what you're saying. Okay, by Likutei Tefillah of Nosson's prayers, he opens up everything on the table in front of you that you find yourself immediately in what he's saying. It's on the spot over there. So. Rav Nosin wrote prayer on this lesson 24. We have prepared, if anyone interested, a PDF file of the entire lesson, lesson 24, from the Kitzel Likutei Moran. What's the Kitzel Likutei Moran? Rabbi Nachman told Rav Nosin, since Likutei Moran is very deep, because it's not just bringing ideas, hasagot, but after he brings a proof from a Chazal, a Pasuk, a Zohar, a Midrash, and it's Lamdanus, you have to learn it. Rabbi Nachman knew that this will be a a, a, a hindrance for people to pick up the points he told Rav Nosen to also now arrange all the points that come out from the Likutei Moran the practical points, okay and, 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 and jot them down like in that format this is the kids of Likutei Moran, okay the idea, learning them, activates them and then we have also a prayer here uh, the prayer Likutei Tfilot, prayer 24 on this lesson we prepared also a chart it's called the 40-day challenge. 40 days. This week's parsha we saw in Ekev, right? Moshe Rabbeinu daven 40 days to mitigate the chaos and the chema of a kadosh baruch hu from the chet ha'egel. 40 days. Salach tekidvarecha. Ready for Rosh Chodesh Elul. Let's start now to get ready for the luchot shniot, the second set of of of, of uh, tablets of the luchot. 40 days in Jewish Yiddish circles is the fixed period to see results. Rav Nosson once said, davening for something for 40 days straight is the best way you can see changes in your life. So we prepared a chart, 40-day chart, on how to use this prayer, Rav Nosson's Prayer 24, and the actual lesson, Lesson 24 from the Bridge Likutei Moran, okay? And for those who are watching in, in English and in Hebrew, okay? Please email me, WhatsApp, I'll send you the PDF file of the lesson and the prayer and the Google chart of the 40 days. Is that the show? Uh, WhatsApp number 732-800-1863. E email address, breastoftherapy, B-R-E-S-L-O-V, therapy at gmail.com. We should be zochet to be besimcha. We should be zochet to find tzaddikim who can shine this simcha and hope and hadracha to face any challenge that comes our way in life and not to be afraid, like Rabbi Nachman says, lo lehit pachet. Not like the song, Shlomo Karlebach, Lo Lefached. Lo Lehitpached means don't make yourself afraid. There's no fear there. It's a phobia, it's fake. Lo Lehitpached, Mishmuzoche, to be strong and face our challenges. And in that we bring Mashiach to Kaila Bezat Hashem. Thank you. Rameyer is here visiting from Yerushalayim and going around to different communities. Recording stop. Um, he's also here collecting Prashnas' 